Thrashing Nerd Podcast. I am your host, Metal Thrashing Mike, and today I bring you independent recording artist, Mr. Rick Reichert. He has a new album called Along a Path, which you can stream and listen to on all major streaming uh, sites. Rick, it's great to have you here. Um, I enjoyed the new album you have out. Um, it's a little bit out of my wheelhouse, usually, uh, you know, the, the heavier thrash and things like that, but it's sure, definitely yeah. more of the classic rock type thing. It's very enjoyable. Uh, a lot of great melodies and guitar licks. I, I've just enjoyed it. Um, and I, I'd like to ask you a couple of questions about it today, if you're cool with that. Absolutely. appreciate it. Well, I'm glad to have you here. And, uh, you know, you've had a very interesting journey as far as, you know, getting into music. Um, you were in the U.S. Air Force. Or no, you were the son uh, of the U.S. Navy, Air Force. Navy. Yeah, you were in the Navy. My, my dad was in the Air Force, correct. Sorry, yeah. yeah. No, that's my mistake. Uh, you were in the National Army Guard, um, United States Navy for a five-year period. Um, you served as a gunner's mate in Pearl Harbor, and you were deployed to Persian Gulf once. So, and, you know, correct. thanks for your service. Thank you. You're we, welcome. You know, we all appreciate that. Um, but what's interesting is how you kind of eventually came towards music, uh, said that your wife had bought you your first guitar. So, you know, good job, Kristen. <laughs> yeah, she did. You know, I had, I had always sort of, I had had this, my father played guitar, but I was left-handed and he was right-handed. And so that always kind of created this barrier for us. And then, you know, I, as I got older and, and I'd gotten out of the service, I, I continued to have that interest in wanting to do it. And, and she recognized that. And so, and so she acted on it. So uh, can the you funny thing about that, though, is actually is that she bought me a right-handed guitar and while being left-handed. So I just went ahead and learned to play right-handed instead. So can you tell me uh, what guitar that was? You, you know, Obviously, we all remember our first guitars usually. Well, what was yours? Yeah, it was an Alvarez acoustic. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, she didn't cheap out on you. Get you, you know. Most of us, when we're kids, man, because I started when I was a kid, we get, you know, like a, a little pawn shop, you know, $50 thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You started out with a nice guitar. So, yeah, I had a pretty good sound to it. You know, I've upgraded a couple of times here and there. But, but yeah. So, um, how many years have you been playing guitar now? Oh, it's got to be, <clears throat> I'd have to say I've been playing close to, to 20 years off and on now. Um but I'm still, you know, I had periods of time where I, I kind of started to play and then I stepped back away from it for a while. Uh, you know, I had kids and, and sort of that kind of early on that got in the way of, of putting any time to it. And, and, and then I kind of really rededicated myself to it uh, three or four years ago. And I've been playing, playing pretty consistently and practicing, you know, improving pretty consistently since then. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask about that as far as uh, going into your songwriting process here, because you have a very, uh, you know, diverse album as far as like a rock album goes. You know, there's a lot of different subjects, and, uh, just references to little things. Um, so, um, yeah, I love storytelling, um, you know, and I, I love to try to bring that element into it, both from a from a life perspective and both from a from a from a fantastical perspective, even if you will. Um, if, if you've read some of the stuff there, you know, I've done medieval fighting and, and, and martial arts throughout uh, my life as well. And, and so that sort of interest and, and that sort of medieval realm kind of things has always had some influence uh, in, in what I'd like to tell through stories. 
Right, and I noticed, uh, you know, one of your songs was called uh, Valhalla Calling. Um, is there a specific reference there as far as something inspired you, uh, Norse or anything like that? Yeah, I've always been a fan of Norse culture and, you know, sort of the Viking era, if you will. And, and the idea of, you know, there, you know, I was in the Navy and so there's that connection with the ocean and seamanship, uh, and, and being out, uh, in that sense, uh, you know, that connection. And, and so I always sort of had an appreciation for, you know, that perseverance and almost that warlike and, and warrior culture, if you will. Uh, and so that influences that, that song for sure. Right. Well, I'd say so with Sword and Stone as well, wouldn't you? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, obviously you have a song called Renaissance Man, you know. Uh, how does how does the medieval combat play into, like, uh, as far as going into writing music? Is there a certain mindset with that that maybe comes with writing your music as well? Or Yeah, I think it really comes from, you know, just being able to you know, to focus on the task at hand, if you will, at times, you know, whether that's in music or, or in a martial art or, or something else in that regard is, is to be able to give that, that thing your attention and to be able to draw on that, um, that aspect of, of discipline in a way, if you will, uh, to kind of commit yourself to, to really exploring what it is you're trying to do. And whether that's, you know, in a in medieval combat where, you know, you're trying not to, get hammered on and, and whether that's in, in being creative in, in music and trying to explore an idea and trying to find the best way to express that. Right. So, uh, quick question about the medieval combat thing, man. Uh, what's the, how do I put this? What's the worst, uh, injury? Have you sustained any major injuries from it? Oh, I've sustained numerous, uh, injuries. I've broken my arm twice. I've broken my leg, uh, requiring surgery. I've got metal plates. I've torn both my ACLs. Uh, I've broken my nose. Uh, I've broken some ribs. <laughs> I've broken <laughs> fingers. <laughs> okay. And you're still writing music. So, you know, yeah, <laughs> broken arms and everything guys. So growing up, um, obviously you grew up with a father that played music and such, but what were some of the music you listened to as a child or, you know, that may have influenced you later on in life, you know, to, to want to pick up the guitar? You know, I was really very interested in in both the, the the hard rock music of like the 70s era that you heard, as well as some of the, the 60s and 70s era songwriter stuff, if you will, that kind of came into play. You know, I, you know, I like Black Sabbath. I like Led Zeppelin, you know, but I also remember listening to stuff, you know, to, you know, like James Taylor, you know, listening to Creedence Clearwater Revival, you know, as a kid and, and having that sort of structure of music you know, sort of percolating around in there and, and building some of the background of the music. As I got into the 80s, I listened to bands like, you know, Def Leppard and, and a lot of the glam metal bands that you'd find in that era and and I and Meatloaf. And, and, you know, so you get some of that, you know, like you say, it's some of it's not as heavy and thrashing in the metal realm, though I have some appreciation for that, but it's much more uh, in that sort of glam and classic rock genre like you described earlier. Well, that's one of the things I... I'm not the biggest fan of the hair era and all that, but a lot of those guys were very much rooted in blues and things like that. And absolutely. Sure. I, I do hear a lot of that in your playing style. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that there's definitely some blues influence there as well. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's all over the, you know, I mean, you've got stuff like Thin Lizzy and Led Zeppelin there and it's even in Sabbath and things like that. So, yeah. 
Absolutely. But, yeah, just in general, I noticed a lot of the, you know, throughout the years listening to this stuff, you know, bands like Rat and things like, groups like them, they had a lot of blues influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. Know, Definitely. Even, even Motley Crue, I mean, you know, their guitar player, Mick Mars, is a big blues fan, you know. Yeah, you had bands out there, you know, Cinderella, if you remember Cinderella back there. And that yeah, too. absolutely. Uh, White Lion and groups like that. <laughs> yep. I, yeah, I listened to a wide swath of those bands. So in that in that eighties era, so they certainly uh, Im- impacted the, the degree of music I listened to as well, and, and the music that I write. Right. Well, I, I noticed too on your influences, Mark. Here, you're a big Foo Fighters fan. Oh yeah. As far as music that I still now, I love the Foo Fighters. You know, I've I've come through that full era swing. You know, into the the alternative genres as well. I love Clutch. I think they're an excellent band out there right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, that have been out there doing it a while. You know, I, I was very much into like bands like Rage Against the Machine and Stone Temple Pilots and things like that for a while for a while and and, and developing a feel for, for, you know, what were the characteristics of that kind of music. But yeah, the Foo Fighters are great. How can you? I mean, they, they're, they're just great. I like the Foo Fighters. Oh, it's excellent songwriting. <laughs> yeah, I know there's a. Everybody starts their conspiracies about Courtney Love, you know, killing Kurt Cobain. But I think it was Dave Grohl because he profited the most. <laughs> That's entirely possible. And Never did someone rebound from that better than, than he did. Yeah, no, I am definitely not getting an interview with him for just for that, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, my, my conspiracy theory there is uh, definitely put me off of that. <laughs> um, so it also said you're a big Boston fan. And, you know, I asked you before because I, I noticed... Uh, who you worked with for recording and producing this album was uh, Bob Aquaviva. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, he was nominated for a Grammy for Boston's Corporate America album back in 2002. Yeah, you know, that's really a, tr- a tremendous coincidence, you know, but I am definitely a Boston, you know, going back to, you know, songs like More Than a Feeling and, you know, things like that. You know, it's just some some great vocalists, you know, vocals going on there. And I really have an appreciation for, you know, strong vocals and music as well. And I, you know, I try to portray that in my music as best as I can with the with the equipment I've got. But I, I, you know, obviously, you know, a strong vocalist can make or break a band, and and uh, and you know, and, and Boston had that. Absolutely. Um. So, what was it like working with Bob? As and how did you get connected with him? You know, I had actually reached out to him to kind of help me refine some of my playing and so forth, and 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 through that relationship. Uh, you know, we were exploring my creative process and my writing of music and, and, you know, and he's, he really, you know, kind of put it in my ear. He's like, you ought to really consider, you know, trying to put this together and, and, and putting out an album and, and, and doing something with this. And, uh, and when we started to play around with it, we were both kind of pleased with the direction it was taken and decided to go for it. All right. Yeah, and I definitely want to dig into the songwriting aspect here. What were some of the, you know, techniques as far as writing with him that were different from how you would go about writing? Well, he's, you know, he's with the experience that he brings to the table, obviously, and having worked with the acts that he's worked with, he's just got a the wealth of, of knowledge and, and, and suggestions that he can help bring to the table uh, for, for really fleshing out the music. You know, I'd be, I'd be home and I'd, and I'd, you know, I'd put together my lyrics and I'd put together my basic strong song structure on the acoustic and then we'd sit down together and we'd kind of hash out you know what we thought would be you know uh you know good parts to lay with that what kind of tone we were really trying to to, uh to bring to the album and trying to create a 
you know, not have everything sound too much the same, but have it sound connected at the same time. And, uh, and I think we succeeded with doing that. Right. And, and good production can go a long way to keeping an album sounding like an album. Absolutely. It's definitely an art form. So, um, how much of the uh, other instrumentation did you take care of on the album? Because I know you're a guitar player. Is there, is there uh, any other aspects of the album as far as the bass or anything like that that you jumped into? Or On my end, it was, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. It was mostly vocals and, and playing rhythm guitar. Uh, Bob was, is, and his credit is such, he's, he was primarily uh, the you know, lead guitar on that um, and, and played the bass parts on it. We had someone come in and play some... Uh, some uh, sax on the album as well uh and and then i had a backup vocalist come in with me as well to sort of uh flesh out the uh fullness of the vocals and and give it some variety as well um conveniently enough we're you know the band that we're putting together that's that's beginning to rehearse to to go out and, and play this music and play this this live is is most of the guys that came in and performed and and, and played on the album as well so that's nice yeah, definitely the saxophone on I Got You uh, really, it, it surprised me. It yeah, was, it I mean, was enjoyable. You don't hear that much. You know, it's, it, you don't hear a lot of saxophone in rock music, uh, especially now. And, and then, and it, but we, we thought we'd give it a shot. And man, we thought it just worked. Yeah, no, it sounded great. I mean, you did really well with that. That was uh, kudos to Daryl Blazinski. Yep. Yes, everybody. I do keep EPKs open while I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no we, we got to keep that information there um let's see what uh what, what guitars did you play on this album um as far as what gear did you use oh I, you know i've got to be honest and upfront with you you know that's bob's bob's the guy for that being being such a novice to this uh you know he was primary man on setting up the equipment and everything and and i would be terrible at trying to explain it to be honest man Right now, you're okay. You're okay. That's cool. No, that's uh, it's, it's very good that you were open to uh, someone else's, you know, uh, interpretation of your music as well. You know, and we discussed it a lot uh, as far as what I was really trying to accomplish. And, and we saw how, uh, the, you know, we'd work up demos and then we'd listen to them and decide to go with something a little bit different to get a, a different flavor uh, with the music so that it really kind of accomplished what we were trying to do. And, uh, and so there was an evolution to it, of course. So, um, you know, even then with it being your music, was there ever a moment where you just were like, all right, we're, 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 we're going to fight over this one. We're going to have a jousting competition to decide what we do. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't say we got to a point where we would fight, but you know, I try to trust his judgment and experience and respect that at the same time. Yeah. I certainly, uh, wanted to make sure that if there was something there that I didn't care for, uh, that we tweaked it or adjusted or pulled it out or, you know, and we did that and, and, and to his credit. And, and I think to our, to our good working relationship that we had throughout the process, that there was never really any true butting of heads in the process. Right. So he was also very open to your, to your music as well. And what your vision was. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. That's great. I mean, that's uh, what you want in a producer. You want them to, you know, throw ideas, but at the same time, be very open to what the artist wants to do. Because this is, you know, it is your baby. Absolutely, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't credit Bob enough in the process for both his 
the knowledge base that he brought to the process and also his willingness to really to try to have it evolve into into what I was trying to accomplish and 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 what came out of it from that blend of, of process is probably better than it would have been if it had just been me. And you know, and that's why you want a producer, right? Both for that input and for the and for the quality of what they can bring in the sound. Absolutely, yeah. So um once again as a left handed guitar player or as a left handed person, um how difficult was it for you to get to the point where you were playing right-handed? It was, it was a, a 25 year barrier in my life, actually, that kept me from playing at first. And, and then once I really just got into it and realized that, okay, I can do this and I can wrap my head around it. And, 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 and once I started to see the progress, you know, I was all in, you know, then it's just, then it's just putting in the time, you know? Well, with you being left-handed as well, have you considered maybe trying to, you know, now get left-handed and learn left-handed and maybe just, uh, you know, being a competitor for Michelangelo Abadio? <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe. Uh, just, I, I haven't thought of it trying it, but, you know, it certainly could be a, a stage thing to bring to the table too, right? Well, yeah, to a sense, yeah. He, he looks a little goofy when he does it, if you ask me, but <laughs> <laughs> he's, a little, uh, he's a little out there. Yeah. So, what was it, or uh, let me ask here, how has your time in the military affected your music as well? I mean, is there anything from that point in your life that comes to the foreground when you're writing music? Or Yeah, I do. I think that, that the time that I was in the military, you know, I kind of had, you know, I think a lot of creative type people, we come from, from early lives and might have been a little bit messed up sometimes, and so you go through your processes of, of, of trying to deal with that and and sort of my time in the military was is what helped me do that i kind of i grew up as a person back then and 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 at that time of my life i'd already been doing a lot of traveling around the world but then i was traveling as as an adult and 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 often under these you know quasi stressful circumstances and situations and so it really helped uh form my mindset about the world and 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 that time of my life and, uh, and I absolutely think that impacts my music and impacts, you know, who I am and, and how this all comes about today. Right. So as far as your music goes and as far as this album goes, if you had to pick one track right now to tell people uh, who are listening, if you said, hey, this is the track you need to go listen to, this is Rick Reichert. Uh, is there a particular track on the album that you could say, hey, this is me, this is the one you need to listen to? So I'd probably have to. Hold on, me is the one that really uh, touches close to my heart. That song was written uh, with regards to having met my wife, and it brings out some of the blues element earlier in the music, and, and some of that old style rock. But it's also kind of kind of honky tonk in a way, and I kind of like that. Well, I, I mean, I'm from Georgia and right below Tennessee, so uh, I know all about the honky tonk. We know all about the honky tonk down here in Georgia. What's that? I, I, I lost for a second. Oh, sorry about that. I said I'm from Georgia, and we uh, we know all about the honky tonk down here. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you know that's that really. I, I think that song kind of it moves. It it tells a story, and uh, and it's and I guess if I was going to pick one, that's the one I'd say to give a listen to first. Okay, yeah. So one more question there uh, in that realm. I do like to ask people when they come on here. What uh, 
how, or rather, how would you sell your music to someone that has never heard it before? Let's say you, uh, you meet someone on the street, and let's say they had a, a Def Leppard shirt on. There's a Just connection. Kind of present. Yeah, how I'm would sorry, you say? Yeah, how would you present your music to someone that has never heard it, but you you thought, well, that person's got like a Def Leppard or a Boston shirt on? How would you present it to them? You know, I I would say you know that you know if you're looking, you know, leads with good guitar music and and has storytelling vocals like those kinds of bands, uh, you know, that m- melodies and harmonies, but you know, still puts out that rock element. Uh, then then this is it. This is it. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Listen to this is it along the path. That's it. So where did the title of the album come from? If you, yeah. You know, I kind of look at it, you know, it's like a life journey. If you look the overall theme of the, the album, I would say. Oh, I lost you. And, and it sort of finishes with the Valhalla Calls, if you will, of, of leaving that, that fantastical realm. Yeah. The, the story in between. I actually is, lost is the you journey. when you started that. I actually lost you when you started telling me that. I'm sorry. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's it's like you're talking about the the aspect of of you're starting uh, this journey through this realm and then you're going out with the end of it, uh, you know, with the last song in Valhalla Calls. And, and so everything in between, you know, you're kind of having that that life journey and that experience and that that process of what you're doing and 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 who you're going to be as a person and how you deal with life. And you're along the path. OK, yeah, that's a great way to look at an album. Absolutely. I like that concept there. So, seeing as you're a uh, also a Thin Lizzy fan, let me ask you: What's your favorite Thin Lizzy song? Oh man, I, you know I I, I guess uh, uh, you put me on the spot for a Thin Lizzy song. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I'd have to go with Boys Are Back in Town. Okay, I was going to say we accept no less than Emerald here, but. <laughs> What's that? I'm sorry. Uh, the Emerald. Yeah, that's uh, that was the joke. I said we accept no less than the Emerald here on the Metal Thrashing Nerd podcast. But yeah, the boys are back in town's good. It's off a great album. It's off a jailbreak. Rick, I think I'm losing you, buddy. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. Maybe you are. I apologize. No, it's cool, man. Um we'll go ahead and wrap it up and I'll let you tell everybody where we can find you on social media, where we can find, if you have any merch, where we can find your merch and where we can listen to you. Yeah, you can, I'm out there on Facebook. You know, I've got Bandcamp, Rick Reichert on Bandcamp, Rick Reichert on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and uh, you know, all those places too. You can hear the music. All right. Well guys, be sure and go check that out. Check out Rick Reichert, check out his album along a path. Um, and once again, thanks to your wife, Kristen, for getting you guitar. You were doing a wonderful job, and I, I really enjoyed your playing and songwriting, man. And uh, Thank you. I, I appreciate it. And kudos to Bob Aquaviva. Yeah, kudos to him. Guys, you put together a great album. Yeah, I couldn't ask for a better producer in this aspect. Well, I look forward to hearing more, and I uh, appreciate your time, Rick. Thank you for doing this. Uh, we're having a few technical issues with our phones here. It looks like uh, trying to keep this conversation going, unfortunately. But I do. We do yeah, appreciate your time. Mike. No, it's cool, guys. Go check it. Let, we'll let the music speak for itself on this one, guys. Go check out Rick's music. Remember that album's called Along a Path. You can find it anywhere you listen to. You know, wherever you listen, Spotify, whatever. 
Thanks again, Rick. And uh, thank, thank you guys you. for listening. Be sure to follow the podcast, subscribe, and do all that stuff I ask you every time if you haven't done it yet. <laughs> Outstanding. Peace.